Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They Rubbish! There's buggers over here. <laughs> Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... We're an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, right. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you. It is May 16th, 2023, better known around these parts in Kentucky as Election Day, a little Kentucky Roll Call Election Day special. DJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen here on your Tuesday morning. I've already been out and voted before the show this morning. It's uh, nice out. Feels good. I even had a light jacket on. You didn't probably need it, but had it on just in case. And it's going to get stormy, so maybe save those rain jackets and umbrellas for for later because I think storms are rolling in around lunchtime-ish. So there's your there's your weather update for today. How's our Nick Roush update for today? Um, there is no update other than um, I tried to – uh, change the direct. I changed the directions of all the fans yesterday in the house, except for one. And I, I was like, oh, oh, I forgot that one. Let me do that this morning. And now it just won't work. So you've been much more productive than me before the start of this radio show this morning, TJ Walker. Totally forgot about the changing fans thing. So, and the thing is, is I don't like in my office. I don't change it because I like the feeling of the wind hitting me on the back. Um, but. I think the other way, because uh, you just turn them into exhaust fans during the summer. I think it does keep the, like, especially our upstairs, helps just to keep, maintain uh, a cooler temperature. Uh, not, not working the AC as hard. All right. I, 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 I certainly can Google it, but which way is it for summer? Which way is it for winter? Oh, I Google it every year. Uh, counterclockwise turns it into a, an exhaust fan in the summer, clockwise uh, for the winter. To have the to actually feel the air hit hit you, okay. Counterclockwise summer, clockwise for winter. Got it. Yep. Scoots, how are you doing this morning? Uh, I was doing okay, but now I'm just confused. What in the world are we talking about in terms of fans? I, I've never heard anything like this. So you just switch the flip on, or you switch the flip on your fan to make it go the other way? Yes, and it's because Scoots, did you know hot air rises? I did know that. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, the exhaust fan kind of just helps. You you make that during the summer to help circulate the air better, and then uh, you keep it clockwise to kind of push the hot air down in the winter to kind of keep it more towards you instead of floating away. Huh. 
you truly learn something every day. So if I have a fan over my bed that's going clockwise, I need to flip the switch on it and make it go the other way. I will say it is personal preference. If you want to get hit by it, if you want to feel it. Oh, yeah. I want to feel it. Yeah, then then you might want to keep it clockwise. But um, <laughs> the counterclockwise keeps it – it just keeps it uh, a little bit cooler overall, I think. Uh, the wife does not like feeling the wind hit her. So she's she was not complaining last night when I had the fan on full blast because it was just a big exhaust fan. Hmm. We – our house, our upstairs gets – super hot it's just something we we deal with every summer part of the reason why i don't like summers because i don't like sleeping in my own sweat mm-hmm. and we for every year that we've been here we've had this individual little ac unit i think it's like an idolist i'm sure i'm pronouncing that incorrectly but it's it's think of like the old school ac units where you put in the window and you shut the window down about a quarter of the way or three-fourths of the way and it's like that but it looks more like a robot it doesn't take up about a quarter of the window. It's probably only like five to ten percent of the window. It's a very small little thing. And regard, anyways, that would cool down any room anytime that we've used it. It's been amazing, but it's broken now. After Ooh. I think like five summers of use, it, it, at the end of last year, it was making bad noises and wasn't really producing as much cool air as it had been previously. So I think it's probably expired unfortunately but we had a great run with it and i just haven't gotten a new one and don't know if i will get a new one may get a new one a little lazy in that regard so we have box fans that are helping cool us down or a a a box fan and sure enough that one broke another one that we'd had for for many many years Uh, it was called the air blaster and boy did it blast some air and it uh i think it was saturday night it was like making the saddest sounds i've ever heard and it was done so Funny enough, I bought a new fan. The wife bought a new fan, unknowingly, to both of us. She just bought a, a very traditional box fan. I guess the one that I bought was more like a warehouse fan. <laughs> and I was like, you know, it's 80 degrees in our room. Let's just try this one. And Roush, I loved it. It was great. Like, and it wasn't too, it, it was, it was, it had a little kick to it, but it wasn't anything like insane. It's not like it was like, all the papers and stuff in our room was going up in the air or anything like that, but we can't use it because the wife doesn't like the sound. Yep. Sounds about right. Checks out. It's too, it's too, it's a little too noisy. Well, I mean, it's too much white noise. Yeah. I could see, you know, no, so, Wait, it's white noise. Like white noise is white noise. That's one of the best parts well, about using a fan is having that little background noise to kind of lull you just back no, to sleep if you wake I, up. I'm not saying that I agree with her, but that is very much a wife thing to just like, yeah, you just, yeah, I get Oh, it. for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would never be too much for me, but that's very much a, uh, yeah, I, I, I can, I can feel your frustrations uh, right now. And I'm smart enough to know that I said, all right, your box fan it is. See you later. <laughs> exactly, yeah. fan. Adios. That one, I guess, is going to be more of like an outdoor on the deck sort of thing. Keep the bugs away. and keep Oh, the in the garage if you ever want to do some work mm-hmm. in there. Yeah, yeah. And that was only do. on setting one. It goes up to three. Three may actually like maybe blow away scoots or something. I'm, I'm excited to let three rip. I knew inside the bedroom it probably wasn't going to be appropriate. But, yeah, yeah, I lost out on that one. It's 
yesterday was great in terms of weather. If we had more days like that, I'd be I'd be thrilled. But I'm I'm afraid if it's not this week, it'll be next week. I think Kentucky summer is officially here. It's middle of May. That checks out. That's the way the weather works. And that's talking weather here on Kentucky Roll. Yeah, we love to talk weather, one of our favorite topics. I will say, TJ, if you want to try to get one of those, uh, not technically a window unit, but might as well be, um, I bet Facebook Marketplace might be a decent, you know, just just place you want to keep your eye on where you can get something real cheap. I'll keep an eye on it. I, keep your head, I, I, head, head on a swivel. Certainly will. Scoots, you have a good Monday? What would you get into? Uh, I, I went to work yesterday, but it was um, a super fun day at work, so we were not responsible at all. I, uh, I get there, and my GM, he goes, you ready for it? And I was like, well, what am I ready for? And he goes, I forgot my laptop at home, so I can't do anything, so I'm with you all day. And I'm like, well, sweet, because Mondays are my worst day in terms of room inspections. I had about 50 rooms to inspect yesterday. So before we inspect, we decide, let's go strip some rooms. And we were stripping rooms, getting our last one. And it was me, my GM, and my director of sales. We found a, I don't know if I should be telling this story on air, but screw it. Um, We found a couple IPAs in the last room that we stripped. So we decided... Well, this has been a heck of a day. It's going to only get worse. Let's just chug these IPAs. We'll get a nice little buzz. It was like a 9.5% beer. Um, So we did that. We just chugged them. Well, then we got to the point where we're like, oh, well, that's dangerous. It's not even noon, and we've started drinking. So we might as well keep drinking. So we actually left property, went to a restaurant, and just hung out till about 2, 2.30, and then came back and tag team all the inspections, and I was gone by 5 o'clock. So it was a pretty good Monday. Then I came home, played a little yard golf with a roommate, watched a little hockey. It was a good Monday for old Scoots. Yeah, you were right. You definitely shouldn't have told that story. <laughs> you, 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 nailed that, you nailed that part. Well, hell yeah, it sounds like a great Monday. It was, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. That... that, that Sign me up for that Monday any any day I can get it. See, I do the thing when I strip rooms if I if I find a beer, but most of the time when I'm stripping beers or stripping rooms, I'm by myself. So if I find a beer, I don't hesitate. I'll drink it. Like if I'm thirsty and I'm working hard, I will chug that thing. But to have two members of management with me and they were just like, Yeah, screw it, let's do it. It was so fun. So so fun. <laughs> Roush, I guess we need to know that every time we go to check into the hotel, the people behind the desk are probably just blitzed to Uh, to Vietnam. For what it's worth, I was not behind the desk, and they don't go behind the desk. So, all's good. Okay, good. (laughs) I'm going to breathalyze my... Next time I check into to a hotel, well, good. That sounds like a nice Monday, Scooch. You deserve it. A little yard golf with the roommate to wrap it up. Uh, any good ho- hockey finishes? Any any upsets? Anything? Yeah. Did, who, who won Game Seven, Scooch? Uh, uh, Dallas took it two to one, and one of the most boring games I've ever seen in my life. I was about to say it was one nothing going into third, and I was like, eh, I don't really feel like watching. That. Yeah, I watched about half the third and then called it quits for the day, but I wish I would have stayed up for the whole thing. I mean, it was a fun game. Game sevens, any sport are just a blast, but yeah, I, I knew Dallas would take that. They're they're so good. I was, I was getting ready to watch that, and then I was like, you know what? There's this reality show we recorded. Let's, let's, let's see if this is any good. Let's give it a try. And TJ, I think this might be up your alley uh, because one episode in, we're hooked. It's, uh, I think it's called Race to Survive uh, Alaska. 
And uh, they, they, they did the thing. They were smart. They advertised it during Survivor. And it's on USA. It's kind of, it might even be over with. I don't know. But I just hit the DVR on it a few weeks back. Hadn't watched it yet. And uh, it's a six-week, like, amazing race type deal, except Alaska. And, you know, all of the challenges that come with it. Uh, first episode, they had to helicopter e- evac somebody out of there because it was unseasonably warm, like 80 degrees. And somebody had severe heat stroke and spent three days in the ICU. <laughs> like, <laughs> holy Doesn't crap. sound good for that person. No, no good at all. They ended up being all right. But like this, you know, you, you we've seen some of these shows where they're like get medical in and typically, you know, they remain calm. And no, there, there was very much a like, yeah, she's not responsive right now. Like they're putting like cold water over her and they're like, yeah, this is, we need it all. Plan B, call it in, call it in. And the guy is her boyfriend's just like, holy moly, what, what the hell is going on here? Um, so I, uh, you know, you get one person to pass out and get uh, helicoptered out. Like I'm in. Uh, so it, it, it looks like it has some potential, especially for a summer show as our shows start to, to wind down. I'll keep, I'll keep it in mind. I, I, I worry I may meet, have reached my quota of like those, those shows between the challenge survivor, of course, with amazing race does come back on. I'll watch that big brother will be on this summer. But you keep me updated. If it's okay. if after multiple episodes you're still really into and you like it, All right. fire it away. I do like that I just give a ringing endorsement of a show yesterday, and instead you just start an entirely different show. <laughs> well, the, the others, this one was just on our YouTube TV, so it was much easier than getting out of the app and doing the whole rigmarole. It's like, oh, we've had this one stored up for a while. Let's give it a let's give it a try. Uh, my. My other question, is the challenge, is that coming back? Like, is there a new one happening soon? Well, this other, this one's still going on, so. But that, that one, what would it, that one's on, like, Paramount Plus, though, right? Yeah, oh, I, yeah, is the MTV version coming out soon? I would, I would guess probably so. They're churning and burning these bad boys out. I don't know the date. I can look that up maybe during the break. So, but. are you, is this the world one that's on Paramount Plus? Yes, this is like the all-star world. They had teams from Argentina, Australia, Great Britain, and and you, the great old U.S. of A. So is it is it living? I just I worry about. I've liked it. I, I've I've okay. enjoyed this season. I I think I'm I, what I've I'm at where there you got to have the the usual suspects every now and then, and you got to have a few familiar faces. But I think. Their recipe for success is always be getting some new people or relatively new people. It just adds more fire to the show because so many of these old faces have been doing this together for so long. Like they're even if you manufacture drama, like they they just aren't going to get into it with each other as much. But you get some of these new people that aren't as familiar with the game. They're trying to make a name for themselves, trying to get TV time. They go over the top. It can be a little explosive. But yeah, I've enjoyed this season. I think. They're they're starting the final on the next episode, so I don't know if it's going to be a two part finale or one part finale or whatnot. But we're we're at the tail end of it, and you've got one team from Great Britain, one team from the USA, and one team from Australia. So it's been uh, the Argentina team was a quick out. They were they didn't make it yeah. very far. Um, suck yeah, suck at Argentina. But speaking of endorsements, Roush, do you want to endorse? Do you want to endorse a candidate? It's it's voting day. Um, Pepe Martin. You a Peppy Martin kind of kind of guy? Is uh is Michael Adams up for re-election again? 
he is. I like Michael Adams. Yeah, That's you're, you're endorsing Michael Adams. I can't I can't vote for him, but I'm uh, he he gets my endorsement. Feels like he does a good job. <laughs> the Secretary of State. I don't. So I, I think this is one of those. I don't know if it's rare or not, but it's at least unique. That's the word I'll use. Where I don't think the Democrats have a nominate. Uh, I don't think they're having a primary for Kentucky Secretary of State. I, I don't know if they have a candidate. So I think yeah. whoever wins the Republican primary for Secretary of State is just the Secretary of State, or they just run unopposed in November. Not exactly sure how that works, but uh, yeah, he he seems like he does a good job. I've I've good good endorsement. Good endorsement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just um, like I, I he just feels like a pragmatic politician who wants uh, people to vote. I enjoyed when um, you had all of the uh, like. Uh, were, were the flyover people who were like trying to criticize Kentucky's voting and all that. And he was like, well, no, we, we had early voting. We did this. Um, there were some long waits, but we've had lots of like we're it, it feels like he's just trying to find solutions. And if you're trying to come at the state, uh, like I, I thought he did a good job defending it when people were like the voter suppression is so bad in Kentucky. And it's like, no, no, just because they don't vote the way you want doesn't mean there's voter suppression. Like there was long lines at a few places, but uh, it, that wasn't the general consensus. And I, and I think that was because um, that would have been, was it last year or the year before they had all that stuff? Or was it the, was it the presidential one? That was 2020. Yeah. Or- the, they, the people who got really worked up at Michael Adams, if I remember correctly, I, I think it was during the Amy McGrath run. And I think if you want to talk about voter suppression, she is just the best at, at suppressing votes yeah. based on her personality. Right, right, exactly. Uh, and I think that's what they were like, well, we're out spending McConnell. Shouldn't it be closer? But it's this voter suppression. It's like, no. Um, but he, he did at least say like, yeah, there's just a couple places where we need, we, we just need a few more locations to kind of, you know, like more populated. Yeah, yeah. But no, I was a little surprised he didn't he didn't throw his name into the hat for for governor for Kentucky because seemed like almost pretty much everybody else did. But I'm not mad that he didn't because I, I like I like what he's doing in the position that he's in. He 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 did not get my joke earlier today because he tweeted that polls were open and I tweeted back at six ten and I said any early returns and he responded actually with a serious tweet. <laughs> I, just I know Michael Adams listens to the show every morning, but uh, Michael, I was just joking. I didn't expect there to actually be returns ten minutes into polling. Oh, that'd be kind of cool, like live updates just throughout the day. I wonder what number voter you were today well they always all they so like you know you have your precinct and you got your precinct numbers and it's it's like usually a letter and then a bunch of numbers afterwards at my place i am they're they're all specifically one letter i think they're g's or something like that and i am f and we're the only f in this building the only f all the other ones so every time i go and they say well what precinct and i say my and they're like oh they act so confused I'm like, no, this is where I'm supposed to be. We had every election. It's We're the only F here. We're the only F. I think I can even point out where to, I, I see it back there. I know where I need to go. And they're like, all right, let me ask. I just want to make sure we had some other Fs come, blah, 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 blah. Sure enough, I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be. I did go back to the person, and it's early. Like, nobody's there. I was in and out in 
it would have been a minute if not for just kind of the hiccups about where my precinct actually was. So I go back to get my ballot and this lady is training another lady. They're older, but not, not dinosaurs or anything like that. And I appreciate all the volunteers. It's, that's, that's cool that people take the time to do that. Are they single? By the sound of it, sometimes we need more people to be yep, able to do we, that we do. But she's like, so, you know, you'll check in. He'll sign here. We hand him the ballot. This neighborhood, they're all Republicans. They're all Republicans in this neighborhood. It was like, she's like, except for, I remember last cycle, one Democrat. One Democrat from this neighborhood. Uh, it was a girl. I was like, I joked. I was like, oh, that's probably my wife. And she, they, they laughed. And they're like, yeah, but like, maybe she was younger, short hair. And I was like, okay, okay we're not really going into the details of if the one Democrat <laughs> in my neighborhood is actually my wife. And secondly, like, hand me the ballot and, you, you know, like, talk talk among yourselves. You probably shouldn't be discussing the voter breakdown in the neighborhood, although, I you know, I don't. I wasn't offended. I doubt it really matters. And thirdly, yeah, right. Like I, I highly, I highly doubt that's the case with my neighborhood. I think, well, you know, definitely would think it'd probably go the other. Uh, it, it would probably flip the other way. Not that it's any of my business, and not that I care. But yeah, so some interesting voter interactions. I, I wonder the legality of all that. I'm, I, and I'm, I'm saying that in jest. Well, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's totally harmless. But I was like, geez, what if I'm offended? So start to the morning. You know. I was like, yeah, what if I am like a, a political nut and I, you know, you don't talk about this stuff in front of me. But no, I just took my ballot, voted. Uh, nobody was there at the machine for me to insert it myself. So I hope I inserted it the correct way. I'm not, it, it seemed pretty self-explanatory, but yeah, so I voted. Let's hope it counts. You should vote too. Yep. Um, I don't think voter turnout is expected to be high. So nope. Um, Go which, on is, and, which is a little scary. Like when voter turnout isn't high, then it's really then which you get candidate. Matt Bevin. You can get Matt Bevin. Which candidate really rallied their base the most, and who's got the the strongest, most loyal, supporting base, and and that's who can end up running for governor. And as we saw one time with Matt Bevin, end up being governor, and then another time end up losing. So uh, we're going to take our first break. We'll come back. A lot of sports stuff to get to. Not necessarily, I mean, there are UK-related things, and we will get into that, but Roush, it must be summer, because we've got conference realignment talk. We've got Oh, the, yeah, I forgot about conference realignment talk. The Magnificent Seven, we're going to have to talk about them. We've got NBA Draft Lottery tonight, the Wimbayama sweepstakes, who's going to win that? I've got, I'm going to make my prediction there. The Western Conference Finals start tonight, which is also pretty exciting, and there's also plenty of other news in the world of sports uh, that we're going to get to. I thought it was amusing. I was like, why am I seeing all this Wimbayana content? It's like, oh, Watery's coming up. <laughs> Tonight, they get to figure out where he's going to play because whoever gets the first pick will definitely, definitely draft him. We'll give you the odds and who the favorites are. And then, like, secondly, it's who Brandon, Brandon Miller may go second or third. Like, that's that's crazy. So, draft lottery really matters this evening. We'll talk a little bit about it. There is some U.K., this and that that we'll get to as well. And as always, the Thornton's text line. Pop into a Thornton's today. They're the best. Get your coffee on your way to vote. Get some donuts for the office. Why the heck not? This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. We'll be right back. Okay.
Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Welcome back into Kentucky Roll Call on the Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 at the 14.50 a.m. Nick Roush, T.J. Walker. It's raining outside, but doesn't mean you have to have a sad, soggy day. Stop on into Thornton's. Put, add a little pep in your step with their wonderful coffee, outstanding donuts. Uh, TJ, the other day, we actually had a bit of emergency when the local donut shop, they had a family emergency, were closed down. It's like, ah, what am I going to do? I'm going to go to Thornton's because their donuts, they're just as good as the donut shop. Um, and they got more than that, too, whether you have uh, the breakfast burritos, or you stick around for lunch. They've got chicken wings, chicken wraps, a little bit of everything to make sure you're fueled for the day. Download the Refreshing Rewards app and text into the Thornton's text on 502-414-1450 is the number. We're going to get to that a little bit shortly. Uh, but I did, I did uh, during the break, I, 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 I had only seen the kind of 10,000 like the, the the headlines of the realignment stuff, TJ. So I actually dug into the uh, uh, to the conference realignment stuff, and man, isn't it funny that every time Louisville thinks they've just made it, they they really it's only just a quick pit stop before things turn upside down once again. They would have been better off going to the Big Twelve. If if they if they could have made it happen now initially they didn't make it happen because they didn't get picked to go to the Big Twelve but once the Big Twelve started once Texas and Oklahoma left if I were U of L I would just now they can't though that's the issue just like these other teams can't go anywhere else through Grant rights did you read the Ross Dellinger article yes and that's what I was catching up on and the thing that I love most about all of this is the irony behind the Grant of rights essentially the ACC I forget what year it was I think this was during the last wave of expansion, they were like, we have to strengthen our conference. So let's get this huge grant of rights deal that locks us up where nobody can leave. And therefore we will not be vulnerable to conference realignment. And now it's made them vulnerable in conference realignment because it's leaving them in the dust, locking them into a deal that uh, I forget by what year, uh, by, so by 2026, they could be making $30 million less a year than the SEC and Big Ten, which is just like you 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 become inconsequential. I mean, that's if in the amount of in the amount of one kid's college career, they would be making a, over $120 million less than their rivals in the SEC and Big Ten. Like that's unsustainable. So. The report and yesterday, it's not, and it's not even just that. And this is like a, a different. This is a different side of the same coin. Uh-huh. But it, it's not only is that just outlandish in its own right, and will make them not nearly as competitive as their rivals. Even that split has their big players not happy. Like this is the big stuff with Florida State right now, where they're not only do we feel like there's just not enough money in the conference as is, the revenue sharing in the conference is a joke. So everybody's pretty much unhappy. Nobody is cool with this, it seems like. And it looks like there's nothing anybody can really do about it up to this point. 
Yeah, and uh, the way that it was phrased, because uh, Brett McMurphy had a follow-up where he listed the the seven schools that are ticked off, and they're kind of meeting aside from the others. Like, so what can we do? Can we actually break out and join another conference? And the other part problem is, is like, it's like, how do you like? Do they actually want to? Do other conferences still want you, right? Uh, and then there's also another option where they just create another league, but they still don't know if they can break out. They're hopeful they can. Uh, but McMurphy listed the seven, and I love hold, that it's uh, – Hold on, hold on. Scooch, do you, can you guess the seven? The seven most influential ACC programs. Can you, can you guess them, or do you know them? Do you know how to unmute your microphone? Ooh, yeah, my bad. Pull the Roush had to try to mute both, unmute both of them. Seven most influential ACC programs. Yeah, who's yeah. the magnificent seven? Because I this may be something you didn't see yesterday. I did. I definitely did not see it. But off the top, I'm going to go Duke, North Carolina, Virginia, uh, Florida State, Clemson. <sighs> I'm gonna. No, I, I'm not gonna do it. I'm. I won't. Hmm, man, that's tough. After five is really tough. Uh, let's go NC State and Louisville. All right, you got five out of seven. Not bad. Yeah, what's you one, went, you which went to basketball. Not, yeah, Duke's, Duke's not in there, man. Really? Or not, which is hilarious. And obviously Louisville is not in there. That was, neat. That was one. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, that was the one I didn't really want to throw in there, but I ran, I ran out of teams. Boston College, are they in there? Oh, heavens no. Virginia Tech <laughs> and Miami were the ones you missed. Oh, Miami. Gosh dang it. I knew there was another one in Florida I was missing. No. no, so like Boston College, Syracuse, Louisville, the place is not serious about sports. They weren't included. Makes yeah. sense. Checks out. I'm just kidding. Same thing with Duke, though. Just kidding. UofL actually, like, you know, I don't know what they bring. I'm sure revenue is probably not all that amazing, and it doesn't help that they have not been good really at either sports, and they've had empty stadiums since the pandemic and sometimes even before then. But Louisville is a very, like, they – I wouldn't – I can't imagine there's too many more places in the ACC that care more about sports as much as they do. But, no, they were were not included. Mm. Tough. Tough, and the thing is, though, TJ, is I don't think Louisville fans are panicking that much because they're the ones who are like, well, shout out to the grant of rights. Like, thanks for holding it together. But the way that the Dellinger report read is that the Big 12 and Pac-12, I don't want to say are scrambling, but it's very much, um, it's it's wartime. They're, they're wartime commissioners and administrators right now. Because they know that college football is changing. There was a big Reddit post, and I, I don't—I'm sure you follow Jim Weber. Many of you do. He used to do the site Lost Letterman, and he—he's good at finding this stuff that gets picked up and goes around on Twitter. And the way that some Reddit poster put it is like this season has very much a uh, the last dance type feel to it, because it'll be the last year that we have a four-team playoff. It'll be the last year that USC and UCLA are in the Pac-12, that Texas and Oklahoma are in the Big 12. Um, you've got a two-time defending champion coming back. Like, There's a lot of like college football. It's already changed quite a bit from the sport that we knew. But like, it, 
the the facelift is happening next fall and the big 12 and pac 12 they're trying to make one last big move out of self-preservation and the way that it reads tj's it sounds like the big 12 is much more flexible they've got a lot better options and unless somehow one of these streamers ends up paying a lot of money like i know i know um, apple was in negotiations with the pac-12 um unless they come up with a lot of money like it could be a case like we discussed you know throughout the course of this topic like the big 12 might end up being if it's if it's one and one a for sec and big 10 then number two might be big 12 and then it's just uh everybody else that's why if i were I think some schools like Clemson, Florida State, Miami, and then some in the Pac-12, they need to be somewhat aggressive, receptive, keep their head on a swivel in terms of joining the SEC or the Big Ten. And if that opportunity presents itself, they need to to make it happen. But if I were Louisville, I really would. I'd just say – I. Again, the grant of rights is key is the big hiccup on all this. But I, what I think is going to end up happening is you're going to have some of these schools say, we're going to take it to court, and if we end up needing to pay the $120 million exit fee, then Gulp will find a way to pay it. And it probably won't end up being that much money, but it'll be a huge sum of money. And they'll say, this is just the easiest thing for us to do. Pay this money and get out. Because they're stuck right now. They're stuck to a bad deal. Especially with the revenue sharing. That's like the that's probably the compromise they'll come up with in the intermediate. Because but even if, Wake but, Forest is getting as much money as Florida State. Yeah, and I, I get that the that they're ooh, that's not that's not good and that's not fun <laughs> yeah. for those programs. But I, I think they're easiest when they look at it, I think their easiest thing is gonna do is just be like, let's pay the exit fee. Let's just that that's gonna that's going to be the easiest solution for us. But if they pay the exit fee, they got to go somewhere where they, where are they going to go? (laughs) Right. And that's why I would just be doing, I'd be on hands and knees doing anything I could to try to just tell the sec and big 10. And maybe even to the point of like, we we will take, we'll take a redo like 10 years. The first decade we'll give a, we'll give a cut back to the league just to show that we're good players and all this, because they, it just seems like a dead end in the ACC. You're not going to go be able to add any teams that are going to make your conference worth a fart. The Big 12 has been more aggressive in terms of formulating a new exciting league. And there's something exciting about new matchups, new teams playing against one another. Something that Kentucky really hasn't gotten to taste with the exception of Missouri in recent memory. And you make the case for Texas A&M too, but it seems like besides they have played them once in football, which is a joke. And then basketball, that's been okay. That hasn't really moved the needle for me. This is a fun uh, – Trevor Kelsey would tell you it's a budding rivalry. But um, we had the fun SEC championship. Yeah, there's, that, been, uh, there's been good games. And yeah, they, Tower they, Uless, uh We had the – was it Jorts who slammed the ball down? And, no, or was that oh Isaac Humphreys? white big guy. Isaac Humphreys, come on. Well, you, know. you think all of us white big – you're a white big guy. Yeah, I mean, they even had the same facial hair. One is Australian and one is not. I don't know. Well, it took me a second. I, 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 we got there. It all runs together. 
Jordan, yeah, I don't think a was in the league enough. when George was at UK. Either. Turner had his big game at Rupp. That was a UK loss, but it still was fun to just see somebody cook that much. You're right. The SEC yeah. championship game at 16 was a hoot. There's been some good games. But regardless, there's something new and exciting about new teams joining a conference. You'll have the Big 12 having that. The ACC is not going to have an opportunity to do that. And – Again, I just if, looking at it from a Louisville perspective because we do radio in the city of Louisville. I, they can't pay a hundred and twenty million dollar exit fee, but I would just try be trying to get to the stability of the big the Big Twelve. You get the Cincinnati rivalry back. You'd get the West Virginia rivalry back. You you almost solidify yourself as no, we're not the Big Ten and we're not the SEC, but we're next. We're next, and we got a lot of places that care a lot about sports. We've got a good footprint across the country. We're in the biggest markets, just as, as the other big schools are as well. That's the move for U of L. The question is, what's the move for the movers and shakers in the ACC, which isn't U of L? But I think it's got to be every man looks for himself situation. And again, not sure how you pay the hundred and twenty million dollar exit fee, but this is the time to be bold. This is the time to be aggressive. It's the reason why the Big Twelve is solidified and why the Pac twelve and the ACC have their hands up in the air, unsure really what's what the future holds for them. And there's still mystery around the Big 12 too, but one thing we know about the Big 12, it's going to be around now unless the ACC can add. But they can't, they can't even add Roush because of the grant of rights. Mm-hmm. When they did that grant of rights, they had made the decision that like this will be best for us, the stability. You don't have to worry about te- people leaving. You don't have to worry about people coming in. This is our conference. We're all happy with it. And we're locked in together. We're blood brothers. And just a couple years later, everybody's like, we were drunk when we agreed to this. We, we had not had sleep for days. We, we, do, we, we messed up. It's like in The Hangover where they have to make the phone call back to the wife. We messed up. Yeah, and that's what yeah. this Grant Rights deal is. It's a big old mess up for the ACC. The Pac-12, I just don't even take them seriously about sports. And I don't know what their future holds. But looks like they're going to probably maybe lose a couple teams to the Big 12, if I were to guess. And that's why if I'm L and some other ACC teams that take sports seriously, I would see if I could get into the Big 12. Let that be the first super conference. Have 20 teams, 22 teams. Split it up east and west. So I think it's going to happen. The first super-duper conference. Wait, so What does that mean for the rest of the ACC? I've got no clue. So Pac-12, UCLA, and USC, they move next year, right? Not this year? Correct. Okay. Or is it this summer? No, it's um, after this football season. They got one more football season. It's next summer, correct. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Everybody does one more football season, and then uh, and then you have the, the mass changes. Just trying to see if we're going to avoid that uh, USC juggernaut. Yeah, I can't uh, well, wait for those. I can't wait for USC to come into Bloomington, Indiana for a football game. Oh, my God. When I think of college I mean, football, that's actually that's, that's one of the dream matchups. You I, might have wanted it this year. I mean, LeBron could go to Assembly Hall. No, that's – yeah, DJ, that's, that's what I was talking about. More more so basketball with Rodman's kid. You got LeBron's kid. You got that Collier kid. They're going to be incredible. I was talking about the, the football Trojans. I know, yeah. Memorial Stadium, one I, of the 19 Memorial Stadiums I, in the Big Ten. I will never be referencing Indiana football in those situations, for what it's worth. Yeah, but wouldn't that be cool? See no, it would be colors cool. on your field. Would be cool. UCLA Indiana conference basketball game at Assembly Hall. That actually will be kind of cool. yeah, for sure. And I and I don't even like Indiana. I don't like UCLA, but that 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 will be nice. That will be sweet. Uh, and then Kentucky football heading to Norman, Saturday, on a fall Saturday coming to you, Roush. 
Oh, man. That'll be fun. Although, Norman, is there anything in Norman? Oklahoma. <sighs> also, though, no, also be fun. They've got direct flights from Louisville, too. Oh, nice. Yeah. Austin, Massachusetts. A lot of museums in conference Norman. Re- conference realignment talk here on Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. It's, and that's another whole interesting aspect to all this is that we, this has now been going on for over a decade. And there's older people than us, Roush, that can even date it back to when South Carolina and Arkansas joined the SEC, uh, but before our time. But since the, the first realignment, what was that, like 2011, where it got really hot? Yeah. The ground has never – you've still had some tremors and aftershocks. There, there hasn't really been any stability, even when you think there's been some stability. But it's never impacted Kentucky in the sense of where's UK going to go? Is UK going to get left out in the cold? Are you happy about that? Like, I, I am. But yeah. There would be a little bit of fun to it if you were the there's big a- fish, but better to just be – I mean, Kentucky's just in a where you're good, at. Yeah, Kentucky's just in a good spot, and like mm-hmm. the excite, it's kind of like a coaching search, where being in that position is not a good thing objectively, but there is some excitement in having something new and a little bit of optimism for the future. That's kind of how I view it, but except coaching search is much more of a temporary thing, whereas a new conference can really define your program's overall success or or lack thereof. Like, as much as, you know, we like to poke fun at Louisville for bouncing around, I mean, they couldn't have been what they were with Bobby Bobby 1.0 if they didn't make that move to the Big East when they did. Because they, I, I guess they did that in 05 or 06. So they were able to have that 11-1 season and go to a BCS game and win the Orange Bowl. Like, that's huge for a program. And that would not have been possible if they did not make that move. And the same can kind of be said moving forward where, like, were they more positioned in the old one, they could have a chance in getting in the playoff. But, like, they might not have a seat at the table. I mean, if they do, it would be, like, one of the – it would be the kids' table maybe. Um, so, I, I, I'm it, – it, at least the way that the, play, the new playoff is structured, uh, I, I'm not sure how long that – it will be structured like that, but at least uh, that will be like the ACC will have uh, at least one conference winner in it. So like they've at least got that going for them. Uh, one interesting story from the SEC is my dog's freaking out. Uh, Peter Burns tweeted this yesterday. We need to go to a break to get to, we're going to try to get back. And then Lucy's down here too. You got milk on your face, Lucy. Peter Burns. I didn't know this interesting thing before we head off. FSU was likely a lock for the SEC back in 1955, if not for Memphis. Oh, Memphis? Yes. Peter Burns says when Georgia Tech left the SEC in 64, Florida State tried to, started trying to get in the SEC going back to 1955. When Georgia Tech left the conference in 64, it left a spot open for Florida State, who had been trying to join for nearly a decade. The only issue is Memphis wanted in as well. But that would have created an odd number. You lost one in Georgia Tech. Now you maybe were going to add two with Memphis. And that created an odd number. They didn't do it. By the time Tulane left in 1966, 
the SEC said, now nah, we're just good with 10 teams. We're, we don't want to go past 10. We're fine yeah. with where we're at. And his Imagine. whole point is timing is everything on that stuff. If, if, if the mood had changed just a little bit earlier or if Tulane leaves a little bit earlier, you're talking about an SEC for the last five decades plus that have Florida Memphis, State and Memphis State. Memphis and Florida State, which I could see Memphis actually like have being a good football program in the SEC if, it, if that would have came to fruition. But instead, the rest is history, as they say. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Daniel Cameron's going to join Kentucky Roll Call, something we were Ooh. able to get set up, which is nice. To he, he is the what thought to be the leader in the Kentucky primary Republican for, for governor. He's going to join us on Election Day. I think as he heads to the polls, as a matter of fact. So we'll have him on for a brief interview when we return. And then we got a lot more sports, NBA draft lottery to talk about, the Thornton sex line. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. Daniel coming up next. One in the hole, Nate Dogg is about to make some bodies turn. Now they dropping and yelling, it's a tad bit late. Nate Dogg and Warren G had to regulate. Over? You say over? I heard the family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Rosh. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call, here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 a.m believe we are waiting for Daniel Cameron to call in, but once he's in, we'll get it going. Hour two of KRC. We were talking some expansion and conference realignment talk there to end our number one. Does not impact Kentucky, and we are unaware of the SEC of having any plans to expand. They seem to be in a good spot, but feel free to text in about that 5024141450 on the Thornton sex line or anything else that's on your mind on this rainy Tuesday morning election day for primaries here in Kentucky a texter on the Thornton's text line says buddy Wheatley is a democrat running for secretary of state pretty sure Adams will beat him though yeah so i was there is not a democratic primary for secretary of state buddy Wheatley is just the candidate so he's already moved on to november so there will be an election I was wrong that the winner of the Republican primary is automatically just the winner. I didn't know that the Democrats had already settled on Buddy Wheatley. So thank you, Texter, for allowing me to know. And best of luck to Buddy Wheatley in November. I love the name Buddy. Not sure I've ever met anybody named Buddy that wasn't friendly. Mm, Yeah. I wonder how many Buddies out there were actually named Buddy or that's Mm, just a nickname, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Not 100% uh, sure about that. Cutter Bowley still expected to commit this week. Everything's still seeming seemingly looking good for, for yep. UK there. I uh, I did do a little digging yesterday. I was like, let's see, let's see how some of his predecessors performed, right? How many how many top 300 recruits from Kentucky were quarterbacks? Uh, the answer is there's, there's not many. Uh, the internet rankings in the state of Kentucky go back to about 2002. Uh, so just after the kind of couch Redmond days um, and just before, you know, the Lorenzen's or no, that was even after Lorenzen. But so going back that far, there's only been five blue chip quarterbacks that were in the top 300. Uh, Woodson, Brom, 
Drew Barker, Gavin Wimsett, and now Cutter Bully. So it's it's a very limited group of people. Uh, early on, those guys obviously panned out well. Recently, uh, you know, this year is kind of a make or break year for Wimsett, who's entering year three in the program. The first one was kind of his high school senior season, though, so they didn't judge him too harshly. But they need him to be good this year, and if not, then it, it might be time for him to move on. Uh, and Drew Barker had will always have that first half against Southern Miss. Um, we'll, we'll always have that where he threw four touchdowns, three were 40 yards or more. Uh, but then they fell apart in the second half. Drives didn't weren't, were, were unsustainable. And then he broke his back the next week, never really played again. So, uh, from that perspective, it's the jury's still out. But there, there have been other quarterbacks from the state of Kentucky that have had a lot of success. Tanner Morgan's the most notable one. I went to Minnesota and uh, helped them go 11-2 and two, uh, with P.J. Fleck. Uh, you also had uh, Logan Woodside, who became Toledo's all-time passing leader, won a MAC championship there. So there, there have been some other success stories. But, T.J., we grew up in an era when that was just very common. And now that that's not really the case. And so if Bowley can you, – you don't get many shots. You don't get many swings with a guy like Bowley of that caliber. So got to take advantage of it. And uh, ho- hopefully he's on the, the right side of that sort of boomer bust, uh, you know, path that has been set so far for Kentucky, uh, quarterbacks from the state of Kentucky. This is obviously subjective to each UK fan, but – who was the last successful recruited quarterback that played well at UK? Didn't even have to be from Kentucky. It's probably Tolls, and he transferred out, so you, you probably wouldn't even call it successful. Would you call it Maxwell Smith? I mean, he, he only had like a – he was hurt so much. It's probably going back to uh, – what's his name? Uh, Hartline. Yeah. Right? Hartline had a great season that year. That's probably the last one. Yeah, it's probably Hartline. What year was that? Like 09? Uh, 10. That is, that's a long time to not have a recruit make it in the program. And it's even crazier when you take into consideration that UK football has probably been the best that it's ever been. I mean, it's definitely been the best that it's ever been in our lifetime, Roush, but some of the best runs in program history. And you haven't had a recruit. It just, if anything, if that should tell us anything, it does not matter. It does not matter. It does not matter even if Cutter Bowley were to not work out. If that tells you anything, you can go into the portal, you can get transfers, and you can be fine. That being said, you, a guy that grew up or is just right, right down the road from you, at least currently right now, if you can get them and your biggest rivals want them, then you take them and you don't ask questions. So I I want Cutter Bowley, but I, if anything, the fact that we just did this exercise goes to show it does not matter. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say just from a um, – it's it's it doesn't matter, but it's also better to have one than not from the high school ranks that you believe you can lean on because – the the whole recruit and develop thing is much more difficult in college football now because players just leave all the time. Um, that's the that's the portal era. So having somebody with local ties um, 
at least giving like a, a two year window for them to kind of come along. That that that's a nice security blanket. And if he hits, and then you don't have to rely on the portal, that you know that's more capital scholarship capital you can use elsewhere. And it 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 benefits you from you get a big recruiting buff, right? Because right now, really, it's just the haves that are landing all these big recruits. Like yesterday, Dylan Rayola committed to Georgia. Oh. Georgia lands the top-ranked quarterback. Big surprise, right? So if if you can hit with one cutter bully, then you at least can maybe get in the top five of some of those other really big fish, you know? So um, that that's kind of the the ultimate upside that you have when when you're able to successfully recruit a good uh, a good quality high school football quarterback. Yeah, well said. Those things are all true, and you do. You, you look at the other quarterbacks that are joining the SEC who theoretically Cutter Bully could compete against someday wearing a U.K. uniform, and you best like what you have at that position because if you don't, plenty of other teams in your league will, and we all know in the game of football how important the quarterback position is. So let's hope that Cutter Bully ends up being that guy. If not, UK will have to keep doing the portal thing or potentially a JUCO thing. They've done that in the past. But I think now that the portal such a – the portal be portaling, I think you, you're probably going to keep going that route unless you have somebody in-house, on the roster, that you feel good about. And then on the flip side, Roush, you wouldn't worry this from a Cutter Bully standpoint, I don't think. But another thing, Kentucky football, that we've been a little bit fortunate on, you've seen a little this or that. Could you ever envision a day that Kentucky has a quarterback, let's say has a nice sophomore season? He's not a Kentuckian. Could you see UK ever losing a quarterback? Somebody no, there? No, because that we really don't – you don't see that very often where – especially at the SEC level where somebody does well and they're like, all right, now I'm going to go somewhere else. It just hasn't happened a ton. You you could maybe, if, if you wanted to, you could say Justin Rogers, but I think he had some buyer's remorse uh, before settling in at Auburn. Um, there's just, uh, I mean, the quarterbacks typically move because they just get passed over. I mean, Jalen Hurts going to Oklahoma was because of Tua, right? You know, like the, most Justin Fields from Georgia to Ohio State it was because of Jake Fromm. Uh, I, it's it's very rare that they're upgrading just to get more exposure, unless it's from a G five level or maybe even somewhere lower. Well, um, like Kentucky just took Devin Leary from NC State, and it's not like NC State wanted to lose him. Yeah, but there's also like that. That's ACC. You know, we were just talking last segment about that conference, but. It, I think there was also a sense of like it's time to like I, I've done a lot here. I've been injured here. Let me get one last ride somewhere else with this super senior season. Uh, his offensive coordinator also left. Like there was. So is there? A, yes, there's a scenario where this happens, but I think you need some extenuating circumstances like Leary's injuries or um, departing offensive coordinator, that sort of deal. But I, I do think the SEC is. Cash is like if you win in the SEC, you can win anywhere, and have your stock shine as much there than than anywhere yeah. else. Uh, if your dreams are to play at the next level, which they almost certainly are. Okay, well, Cutter Bully Thursday, more football discussion. I've really got the itch. Sadly, we still just have forever to to get there. 
Yep, yep, and that's kind of the way the cookie crumbles. We did have a little bit more football news yesterday. Uh, David Wallabaugh, who transferred out, he announced a commitment to Syracuse. That's where his dad played football. Um, and he was Tim Couch's center back in the day. So I was uh, I was a big fan of the kid personally, just because he was kind of funny. He played ice hockey, too. And I don't know, just seemed like a cool guy. But um, I don't know if he had the size to – to play the position of the SEC. So going to Syracuse feels like uh, uh, a nice a nice landing spot for the former Wildcat. New baseball poll just came out from D1 Baseball, UK at number 19 heading in to the final regular season series weekend when Kentucky will host number four, Florida. Big opportunity for the Batcats there. Tennessee comes in one spot ahead of Kentucky. They were, they were right around each other going into last week, and I guess you give them the nod because they won the series. But I couldn't help but think Kentucky looked like the better team watching a, a good chunk of those three games over the weekend. And I, I don't know if South Carolina has some sort of in with D1 baseball or, or what, <laughs> but uh, they're, they're still hanging tough at would it, 13. Would it surprise you if South Carolina had some sort of in with the media? I mean, that's kind of their MO. It's really impressive more than anything. <laughs> it it oh man south carolina oh gosh are people doing uh, the football thing again this year I, I, nothing gets the uk media worked up more than south carolina hype and oh i personally God. love the rivalry do, do you year. all right here here's the new south carolina hype thing his name is i, I think it's lenoris sellers he was a he wasn't the highest rated recruit um but he's one of these big athletic quarterbacks. And they're like, we're, we got to make – they're making him Tim Tebow 2.0. There was somebody on our one three South Carolina site that had quotes about, we got to do Tim Tebow type stuff with Lenora Sellers because he's going to be a monster. I mean, and, and – oh, gosh, I just – I can't uh, – we got to um, – uh, I was talking to Freddie yesterday and there's a intern that's going to be helping him out on the sales side. And he's like, yeah, she's just helping for the summer. She's a student at South Carolina. I was like, Oh, so she's going to get Shane Beamer on the pod for us because Shane Beamer, he'll, he'll talk to anybody with a pulse. Yeah. Scoots, you give South Carolina a call. I bet we'll get Shane Beamer on tomorrow. That dude, he, it don't matter when or where he will talk and he'll talk about this backup quarterback. Like he's Tim Tebow or he'll t- they just they just drive me nuts. They're so insufferable, and it just it makes me so angry that that was the game that Will Levis was injured for last year, and that Rich Scangarello thought it was a good idea to run a freaking trick play on the first play of the game. Good night, gosh. I'll never forget the mood inside Kroger Field after that trick play. I mean, everybody just looked around like we are so screwed. It, it was such a white flag, we don't have a chance move. Mm-hmm. It was it just reeked of desperation. So yeah. gross. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's get to the Thornton sex line. 502-414-1450. We didn't get to quite finish yesterday's. We kind of were picking and choosing there at the end. And one that we definitely need to get to. John here. Sorry we didn't get to yours yesterday, John. Good morning, everyone. Wow, the Joker versus LeBron or even Cat versus Cat. The Western Finals is going to be awesome. I've got the Nuggets in seven. I believe Murray and Joker will outperform Davis and LeBron in points and rebounds for the total of the series. I've got 20 on that action if the KRC crew is interested. Let me know your thoughts. We'll got to go talk to you later. That starts tonight. It's going to be fascinating. 
they're they're supposedly going to try to stick Jared Vanderbilt on Jamal Murray a little bit, just see if Link can bother him and and just switch some different people on Jamal Murray. But it ain't Jamal Murray that the Lakers need to to totally worry about. They need to worry about him as the great scorer that he is. But the best player in the NBA is Jokic, if you ask me. How do you uh, slow him down, even with one of the best defenders in Anthony Davis? Uh, I don't know. I don't think he can. I don't think he can. I think everybody else has to step up and do their own thing, and you just call it. Yet Jokic get his. I mean, this really just comes all down to: Are Davis and LeBron healthy, and can you get like one big game out of Austin Reeves? Then the Lakers have a shot. Um, but you know, uh, I, I will. Uh, it's kind of similar to doubting Tom Brady, and I know it's much different because Brady was much more. Uh, I think he had a higher winning percentage when it came down to the uh, the actual like postseason, but like I'm still not betting against LeBron. You know, like I when push comes to shove, LeBron is still LeBron, even if he is old. And Anthony Davis has had some amazing moments in these playoffs. He's just got to stay healthy. Take the twenty dollar so. bet, then you chicken. All right, John, twenty dollars. All right, wow. straight up. Wow. Give me the Lake Show. You got the Nugs. Let's go. Let's ride. The granted, John, I think was specifically talking about points and rebounds, but I'm sure he'll he, he's a player. I think he'll he'll happily do that. Yeah, a little bit of action. Always fun to have a little bit of friendly action on the series. Is um is the Eastern starting tomorrow? Is, are they doing that sort of deal? The yeah, I think it, I think they alternate days. Nice, nice. Just how we like it. Texter says, "Whoa, TJ called out on KS board." Yeah, I didn't see this till last evening and had some good chuckles at it. <laughs> TJ and Nick. Uh, there, was, there was one thing that I wanted to, because uh, we, we missed, uh, we missed like, there was a couple texts from yesterday we said we'd get back to. First one was from South End Josh, who said, just smashed two steak and egg and cheese burritos from Thorns. Good call, TJ. Still searching for that elusive brisket burrito, though. Go cat, suck it, scoots. South End Josh, how did you do it, man? I could hardly put down one of those, and you did two? Holy moly. South and Josh doesn't mess around. That's the first thing you're going to learn about South and Josh. That Secondly, really- South and Josh, I see the brisket ones every one I go to. Same. No, like, I, Which ones are you going to that don't have the, bri- the brisket burritos? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll uh, duplicate Roush's sentiments. Really impressive to eat two of those. Oof. Yeah, like that's a lot. I, I, in fact, I mean, maybe it's because I'm, I'm, I'm you know, trying to – the diet started after Derby, kind of, sort of, not really. But first step is cutting back on breakfast, and just one of those burritos is is very heavy, very heavy on me. So, oh, Roush, you only live once. Have a burrito, buddy. Have two <laughs> burritos. This is one that we said we were going to spend more time on today, yes, and we should yes. spend more time on it today. What's your all's predictions for this upcoming football season? What's your win loss record, if you had to say? So. Well, we can or, make our final predictions at the Big X Golf Scramble. Right, right. Which but, we haven't we haven't picked we haven't really made any moves on that just yet. But but also on uh, on KS board there was some good chatter about where it kind of falls in line, and really if you look at um, some of the the power rankings where like. How Kentucky's gonna be favored, right? Because if you're a ten point favorite, you're probably gonna win that football game. Um, a lot of it comes down to 
just the three toss-up games at the end of the year. Louisville, at Louisville, at South Carolina, at Mississippi State. All within two points. Um, and even Tennessee at home. I mean, that game's within reach. It feels like an 8-4-4 and four, four for me. And I know yes. I said that last year, and you got upset by Vandy, which is pretty rare. But it does feel like an 8-4-4, and four, four, which is a pretty good season if you've got Georgia and Alabama on the schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Cats are starting 5-0. and folks so yeah, yeah you heard that one here first they'll lose at georgia for loss number one they'll come back they'll beat missouri to get bowl eligible be six and one they're beating tennessee at home because suck at tennessee that's seven and one they'll no, lose at mississippi you. state because they always lose at mississippi state so seven and two they'll lose to alabama because it's alabama seven and three they're going to win at south carolina because i just can't pick myself to pick south carolina there and then of course they beat louisville so i think you're looking at a nine-win season which would be real nice clark i think the the biggest the, – the ones that I'm a little iffy on is Mississippi State and Louisville because I, I this would have been the – I hate catching them in November this year. Like flip-flop some stuff around. Having Mississippi State early would be great because I don't the, – the getting away from the air raid, I don't know if Rodgers is going to be a good quarterback at all in this new system. So they're, they're going to have some growing pains. I wish they caught him earlier in the year. Um, and then – Louisville, a lot of Louisville's going to come down to. Jeff's going to get a big upset in year one. And I'd like for it to be Notre Dame so that all their chips aren't pushed in on the UK basket at the end of the year. But um, kind of, have you seen the, um, a lot of uh, the wise guys are taking uh, Louisville to win the ACC odds because their schedule stinks so bad. Like, I think at this point, if you look at it, objectively speaking, Kentucky is the best team on their schedule. Kentucky or Notre Dame. <laughs> That's good company. Yeah. It, it is like, I, I don't, I, I think people are coming around to it, but don't know it totally. I have never seen, I think, a Power 5 conference schedule easier than what UofL has this year. And that's not rivalry talk. The UofL goobers in radio, if it were Kentucky that had the easiest Power 5 conference schedule that I'd ever seen, they would. They, It's a joke. The SEC East is horrible. This is a shameful. They need to play teams in the out-of-conference. Good for UofL. You got a break this year. Like, Take advantage of it. Good for yeah. you. Yeah. You don't get to control your conference schedule. And the way it shook out this year, it's a gift for U of L. It is a when they did the odds for the ACC, I, I think Louisville's like fourth or fifth to win the conference, maybe third. They didn't they don't play, I think, anybody in the top five in those ACC. I mean, they, they are in the top five. They don't play themselves, obviously. That's when has that ever happened in a Power Five conference where a team could not have to play one of the top four favorites to win the league, and maybe they play one, maybe it's one of the top favorites, but even all the same to avoid Clemson, Florida State, Miami. I'm pretty sure. Could be wrong about that, but it's yeah. a really easy schedule for them Figure. this year, and your uncle may take advantage of it. Light work, light work. Uh, lot of expectations. A lot of lofty expectations. Hmm. Yeah, oh, they do play Miami. They're, a road game at Miami is probably their toughest conference game. You're right, Notre Dame's coming to town. That's probably the best team that they play, but with that being a home game for L, 
probably a pretty good atmosphere. And Scooch, are you going to go to the U of L Indiana game? Uh, probably not. No. Oh, I mean, we're going to win four games this year, so I just don't see a point in that. Speaking of only four wins. Oh, Kenny Payne. Oh man, TJ, I saw. Whew, I saw a take yesterday from one of the doctors of Dunk, and I we we should get to a break and come back and discuss because man, they're they're going all out to defend their man Kenny Payne, and it's it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad. I have no clue what you're talking about, but I'll be excited to to hear it. They did say goodbye to Denny Crum yesterday. That looked like a really nice ceremony. It did. I think the funeral was out Southeast Christian, and then they went down to the Yum Center and let fans kind of come as they said their goodbyes. And John Calipari had a video down there. We tried to get him on roll call to talk about him, to talk about Denny Crum last week. Again, UK UK said no. But it was nice that he, he released that video. And oh. it seemed like a really, really nice evening at the Yum Center. My dad was there. He said he was happy he went and sent me some pictures. It looked cool. It looked cool. So it's never easy saying goodbye to a legend, but it looked like UofL did a good job with that yesterday. We were uh, – we also efforted to get Tubby Smith on to talk about it. And I got an email Thursday. So here's some live on-air producing. got an email Thursday that said Tubby would be in touch. So who knows? Okay. All right. Uh, still, still waiting on old Daniel Cameron. It is election day. I, I'm sure that he is busy. Still, still waiting to hear back. See on and Central maybe, time. Maybe, 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 <laughs> maybe we just, maybe we just call Alan Keck. Just see what Alan Keck's up to. We got his number. See what's up. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Galen. We'll be back after this. And I ain't a punk Extremity of rhythm Yeah, that's what you heard So just clean out your ears And just check the word Check the time Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call With Walker and Roush The two Utes uh, uh, To what? Uh, uh, what was that word? Uh, what word? To what? What? Did you say utes? Yeah, two utes. What is a ute? Take me down where I want to be. Turn around. This man who Welcome back. One final segment, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen. On your election day, Tuesday, rainy. Make sure you take your coat if you haven't been outside. And do not forget about Salsaritas. Maybe a day like today you want to stay in your car. That Middletown drive through comes in clutch right out there on Shelbyville Road. Cooked to order, fresh quesadillas that when you bite into them, the cheese does that thing. You know what I'm talking about. It funnels down. So hot, so good. Gooey and delicious. Wildly addictive chips, hot, spicy salsa. Two locations in Louisville. I told, told you about the Middletown drive through but St. Matthew's right off Hubbard's, right by the railroad track. Covered patio. You could even sit outside. It's 63 degrees. May It's going to get a little warmer today, but uh, who doesn't like sitting outside having lunch when it's raining if you're not in the rain? Roush, are uh, you a fall asleep to the rain kind of guy? Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm a big – we. Uh, this house, uh, one of the greatest perks of it, we've got a covered front porch, and 
it, we're big play on the front porch when it's raining. That's that's kind of our, our go-to move. That's one. I, so, I, I'm happy with the setup I have at my house, but that's one thing is I don't really have like a covered. I could sit in the garage if I wanted to with the garage door open, which I've done before. But garages stink. They're high. You know, it's not the same. So it's nice. You got your covered porch. Salsaritas has a covered patio. And they've got awesome. Do you have awesome Mexican food at your house regularly made to order? Um, not as wildly addictive as the Mexican food that's at Salsaritas. Gotcha. Gotcha. Still probably pretty good, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's on the menu at the Roush House for tonight. This is Taco Tuesday. So check out Taco Tuesday, Salsaritas, or the Roush House. But I don't think we'll have too much left over. You just have all these KRC listeners coming to your front door. Uh, hello, Taco Tuesday. Heard it on KRC. Here for the food. Text on in 502-414-1450 to the Thornton's text line. And also stop by Thornton's on your way to Salsaritas because why Why not? Uh, all right. Um, I don't know where we are in the text line. I just wanted to mention the the take yesterday. It, it does sound like it was a nice service. They had four Denny Crumb at the Yum Center. I know uh, oh, yes, that's family correct. friends that were there. But the, the Courier-Journal headline, Louisville... Um, Basketball greats asked fans to honor Denny Crumb by supporting Kenny Payne. Uh, Daryl Griffith said the best way you can honor Denny Crumb's legacy is to support Kenny Payne. If you want to celebrate his life, if you want to make him smile, the next year let's get back to the way we were when we filled this arena night in and night out. Which is... Whew. That's one... I mean, the two are related. Yeah, yeah that's tough. Yeah. It's like... This is one of those things where, and this wasn't like the time and place for necessarily like a rebuttal and stuff like that. Right. When people say stuff or when you have a take, I think it's, you got to do your due diligence of, all right, what would somebody counter that take with? And like, Kenny, I, I, who, who was it that said it? Uh, Griffith. Griffith. Okay. Sorry. Um, you had broken up just a tiny little bit, but I think it was on my end with the internet, but why, why do you think people aren't showing up? It's because they're bad. And it, there's not really any reason. Like, the reason why Louisville has smart basketball fans is because of Denny Crumb. And they're smart enough to know that they dis- just... You a wasted to-do. a whole year. It's a to-do to go to a basketball game on a weeknight or on the weekend. And people aren't going to take the time to do the to-do if you're only one-two. And for, really a big chunk of season, that. and for a big chunk of the season, they had only had two wins. Uh, they finished with four, so they did double that total. And Scoots won $500 because of that. But Woo-hoo. that's why people aren't showing up. But, yeah, you just you got you to gotta get back to winning. I'm not sure this is the team to even do it for UofL. But, hey, I don't care. Oh, there, there is something, too, about like part of the reason why they made the Kenny Payne hire was to kind of galvanize the former players and the fan. Like this, It felt like a, here's how we can get everybody back on the same page. And, you know, for the second straight year, you ha- like that was supposed to be an event that did it. It didn't turn into wins that got people ba- butts in seats. Well, you brought all the former players back together again. Can Kenny Payne do anything to actually get people to to show up? I I don't know. I I don't know. It's it's looking looking pretty grim 
without any guards on that team that can handle the ball. Like all, all it comes back to is like Kenny, just get somebody that knows how to dribble, and you might have a chance. Yeah, there's just so many of those like little guards at smaller schools that put up 18 points per game, and they can be tough matchups. And he he didn't get any of those guys. He hasn't ever gotten any of those guys. Even Al Ellis wasn't. Did, uh, where did he end up? I don't know. Did he commit? Yeah, he he committed somewhere, um, like just a few days ago. Oh, I, I did not see that. Yeah. I'll look it up. I'll I'll get to. I'm it. I'm I'm in the Google. Um, commits to Mississippi State. There we go. Yeah, we'll be seeing him. Yep, on the other side. I'm not gonna make the joke, but that is an easy joke. Like given how yeah. people view him and that he's going to Mississippi State. I feel bad for that kid though. I do too. Like because like yeah. that was a again. That's why I, you just don't throw away a person when they do something silly. Yeah, like, and especially a seventeen-year-old kid. Like mm-hmm. you're you're much different when you're seventeen and in high school. But like that's why. I mean, it almost goes back to the John Morant thing. Like, hey, maybe don't do everything on social media because you're going to be an idiot. You're going to say stupid things. I certainly had my idiot stupid phase that I haven't completely grown out of yet. So you got to watch what you say when you're on camera or when you're on, you know, whatever. TJ Nick, the word is Matt Jones said that the basketball staff planned on hiring someone off a staff still involved in the NBA playoffs. The rumor was a heat staffer. Hmm. I, I have, I've not heard that, but that could be the case. It would check out as to to- college basketball. Cause you're, you, you, the GM thing's really popular too. Now. It would make sense from a why it's taken so long to hire somebody. Well, they have another job, kind of like how you had to wait around for Liam Cohen to finish the NFL season. That that part would uh, check out. Um, TJ and Nick, when Bosner leaves the UK staff, will Kyle Tucker know any more about what is going on than the rest of us? <laughs> Boom, roasted. Uh, he's got other. He's got other sources. Yeah, there is always a like. Oh gosh! Uh, I mean, I've had that happen to me, where you're like, "Oh man, that was my best source," and there now I got to find gotta find some more people to talk to. A another texter on the Thornton's text line says, "After these recent transfers coming in, is the football team done, or are they still looking to fill more holes?" Uh, they've got room. I just don't know, like, if they will or not. So, I mean, it's just we're at we're at maybe phase here. We're at maybe. Another texter on the Thornton's text line says he's a roommate. I don't I don't understand what that means. Your roommate. He's I think like, what they I think what they were saying, Scoots, is that like he's your roommate. He doesn't need to be asking you, you know, like you don't have to be watching movies together. It's okay if he lives his own life. You're just roommates. See, I know I always refer to him as my roommate, but he's my roommate second. I mean, we're friends first, so that has to count for something. By the way, I uh, I uh, was I was telling him about our radio segment yesterday where I was calling him out for all this, and he goes, what's the text line number? I was like, why? He was like, because I'm going to tell him about the last movie you picked, talking about a man called Otto, and I was like, oh, yeah, I brought that up too, so. You you don't look like a bad guy. Don't worry. Now, why do you give why do you give the roommate a pass for not listening to your radio show? Oh, I don't. No, I don't. I give him crap about it all the time, and he gives me the same BS excuse that he's just not a radio guy. He listens to his phone on the way to work. Cool, cool guy. You can listen to the radio show on the phone. He's he's even a Kentucky fan. Is the thing about it? Like, dude, listen wow. to the show. Kentucky he, fan, my butt. 
No kidding. Secondly, tell him how often we talk about him. People like to hear when they're being talked about. I, I mean, I, I feel like he already knows because I tell him so many stories, but yeah, I don't know. He's just dead set on his music on the way to work. Is it even good music? Probably not. Mm, not I, I said this during the break to Scooch. We've gotten more compliments, just like people texting me personally about how much they like the music today. Shannon O'Bannon hit up the Thornton's text line to say how much she's liked the music today. Scooch, you're playing it, buddy. You're doing it. You know, sometimes when you've got the position that I have, you just have to listen to the people and give them what they want. And that's that's what I've tried to do today. I've got more lined up next week and hopefully continue the trend of mixing in the older people's music as well. You you did say that that you, you you're doing it for the people. Yeah. I guess the counter to that would would or the follow up to that would be: Are you not playing it for the people every day? No, I mean I am, but when when you're getting heat on Facebook because you don't play a certain genre, you kind of got to bring out that genre, you know. I, I like to feel like I do a good job in getting everybody involved with the music every day, but I guess there's just a faction of people that don't like what I'm playing, so I'm trying to make them happy as well. Really, well, you I'm. Can't make every, you can't make everybody. Happy. Yeah, it's kind of a double-edged sword. It's a dangerous game. I'm starting to play. We gonna talk PJ Championship tomorrow, Scoots? Sure. Yeah. Who? Are you going to make your bets? I am, yeah. yeah. I haven't made them in a few weeks because my guys have been taking a lot of time off. But, yeah, looking forward to it. Scheffler, Rom, and who else? Rory. McElroy. Yeah. Okay. Like, All right. Uh, yikes. Sleep you sure there. you want to add Rory in I'm, there, I'm, Might trade Rory for someone else. We'll see. Where, Why where, not Rory? He's PGA machine. He's not been playing very well. But you're right. I, pro- I probably will t- still take him, yeah. Well, just know if you don't put him in, he'll win. So... <laughs> Best of mix of them. TJ, no. you've played this course, haven't you? No, they're not at Oakmont, are they? They're in, ah, they're that's what it in, is. Like, Oak Hill in. versus Oakmont. Yes, different words. Different yeah. courses. Different oh. parts of the country. You, you, buddy. I'm just you, telling it, you. I'm letting you know. I'm not see, being mean. See that suck it you got over there? Just take it out and, and suck it. The, I've got a half-eaten banana on my table, and the dog just is like, he really wants this banana. Does your do your dog? pets like dog? My dog loves probably a banana maybe more than anything else that we a got. banana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's Can you believe so it? Bizarre. I I will say I have been more. Um, you know, Jag's older now, so like maybe I should. It should be the other way, but now I just don't even give a damn when it comes to giving them scraps like that the kids don't eat or something. And like last night, we had some leftover roast, and we ate most of the goods except for like all the kind of gravy just grease and all that junk i'm just like oh, i'll throw it on your food have at it bud you've earned it yeah i'm at, kind of at, at a similar stage with our dog as well and you hear me talking about him and now he's even inching closer just can i can i rephrase something i just said moments ago because i'm gonna get all kinds of heat for it i'm i was not calling you all old i'm saying older music that i'm not familiar with like 80s hip-hop i'm not real familiar with 80s hip-hop so i've had to indoctrinate myself into that world you all are not old you're you're fine fine folks all right here's the follow-up <laughs> here's the follow-up to this because we we let that slide and last week we let something slide you went three weeks without doing laundry scoops like three weeks so have in, you, in have my you world laundry since then i have yeah i did two loads this weekend but yeah in, in my world i tend to exaggerate from time to time so if i'm saying like three weeks it's probably more like two Oh, that's convenient. You yeah. wouldn't want to be the stinky kid that hasn't done your laundry for three. Oh, years, I have. I have all the clothes in the world, friends. I um. So, are you? A, do you put your dirty clothes in laundry baskets, or are they all around the house? Oh no, laundry baskets for sure. I am way too OCD to have them laying around everywhere. 
Okay. You get it. You get a tip of the cap on that. Good job. Put the clothes where they belong. Thanks. That's why I avoid my roommate's room because his clothes are just everywhere and it stresses me out. So I just don't go in there. Well, it's also not your room either. That's true. The uh, <laughs> rain is really coming down in the south end, right? Now. Really saying, like, I had to look at the corner of my basement. We only have like two little small windows in my basement. And one side of my basement is pitch black. And I was like, did I put up pillows there? Because sometimes if I sleep down here or we're watching a movie, we'll put up the pillows to make it darker. It is so dark. I Yeah. Be careful, everybody. Be careful. 502-414-1450. Uh, what do we got next? <laughs> No other coach fields – oh, uh, we already read that one yesterday. No other coach fields an NBA all-star roster in college each year and continues to shot the bed. He deserves all the criticism. He's trash. Uh, that's from a U of L texter. They normally text in on the Rutherford Show, but we must have caught him with his radio on Big X in the morning. We appreciate it all the same. If John Calipari's trash, what does that make U of L? That's the thing you got to ask yourself. Yeah, I, and like the thing is, is I don't, I feel like since we're in the thick of it, it's not as, um, it's just conversation I don't enjoy having and I'll defend it, but there will be definitely, you know, when we look back on the Cal era, we'll probably be saying that. I know there's definitely, we're already saying, we're already saying it. Yeah. And, like, again, just the start of it was so amazing. That, is, that was incredible. Like, even with just the one title, to go to a final – to Elite 8-10, Final 4-11, Championship 12, Bad Season 13, Championship Game 14, Undefeated Run 15. That – and I said it. I was doing radio back then. Like, this is the golden age of Kentucky basketball. You just need to get another championship. And we, we have it. UK hasn't. And then now you look at it, though – Last Final Four of 2015, you can't go a decade at UK without going to a Final Four. You just can't. That means that for a decade, for 10 years, you did you weren't able to win four tournament games in March. That shouldn't be the case at Kentucky. Now, luckily, Cal has another season and it, to, to change that, and we feel good about where things are looking for this upcoming season. But it is. It, it is. It, it's a tale of two, two eras, I guess. The the great one that got us all in the point that we we're in and the bar was raised. And then the next one, which hasn't been as bad as everybody makes it out to be. However, it's not good either. It's not where UK's expectations are. So Roush, I think people are already doing it and it is, it's, it's totally justified and fair to say he should have more than one championship at UK. I don't know anybody that would really disagree with that. Right. Right. It's just, it, it, it sucks that it's going to be the, but that's why I, I really want obviously just want another title, but especially to kind of validate Calipari as a head coach because he's taken so much criticism and you, you kind of need that second one. Oh, that's the separator, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like between your Kevin Ali's and your, and your Denny um, Yeah. Yeah. So getting that second one, especially after the fact would be so huge, so significant um, because Kentucky has been, one of the most talked about programs throughout his tenure, you know, whether they're the first, second or third that you're talking about year in and year out, whether good or bad, they've been in the mix of it. It's just hasn't, hasn't delivered as of late in the postseason. I think that's been out here, but by the way, Ben Roberts reporting 
Kentucky will play Ohio State in the CBS Sports Classic this year. Next year, it'll be UCLA and UNC, not till 2026 as a heads up. That's the way they've had to switch those rotations so much. And they've the pandemic, I know, changed some of those things as well. But that is the rotation for the next three years. Ohio State, UCLA, UNC on the CBS Sports Classic. And remember now, you may say, oh, I always like the UNC games. With the SEC-ACC Challenge, yeah, you could play is. UNC in that. So mm-hmm. something that you'll have to to keep in mind. He's he's releasing what he's hearing on the schedule. Of course, Gonzaga's coming to Rupp Arena this upcoming year. And then you have the, the ACC-SEC game. Not sure who Kentucky's opponent will be there. So the, and don't, uh, we don't even know when that what when that game will be in terms of time of the year. Remember, the SEC Big Twelve Challenge was always in late January, which I personally liked. But every coach under the sun whined and moaned and complained about it. So my guess is you may end up having the ACC SEC Challenge uh, in the fall or in the in the winter, I should say, November or December. As a matter of fact, Ben Roberts thinks it could be around Thanksgiving. So. Some, that that will be different. That would be nice. Look, we actually had a little bit of news. Of course, it wasn't our news. Sweet. It was Ben Roberts' news. But interesting. The uh, the CBS Sports Classic, too. There was some very funny behind-the-scenes stuff happening over at KSR because of all of the different reports of who they were going to play, and it like flip-flopped multiple times, and then UK would not confirm. It was just it was really stupid. It's just Some like, advice to UK, and I don't really ever listen to any of my, my, my advice, but don't release the schedule like two weeks before the season this year. May, I, maybe maybe get it uh, a little bit before. It's just a horrendous yeah. idea. All right, so. joining us now, Daniel Cameron. We've got him on the phone, the Attorney General of Kentucky. He wants to be your next governor of Kentucky. Daniel, thank you for taking the time joining Kentucky Roll Call. Of course, yeah. Thank you guys as well. And, Scoots, you got to uh, unmute your microphone. It. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, Hello? we can hear you. It was on our end. Sorry, Daniel. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well, doing well. Thank you guys uh, so much for having me on this morning. Thank you for taking the time. We know it's probably one of your busiest days. Or is today, or is today easier because all your hard work is, is finished. There's not much more else you can do. Where, where does today rank for you? You've ran in elections before. What's election day mean to you? Uh, well, it's kind of surreal. I mean, to go in and Mackenzie and I, we, we just voted. Uh, it's kind of surreal to see your name on the ballot and to uh, vote for yourself. And, of course, uh, you know, today everything is pretty much done. You're just kind of waiting around to, to see how the votes come in and that sort of thing. And we'll start getting a clearer picture of that once the polls close. Uh, locally at 6 p.m. Of course, in the West, it'll be uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time. So uh, we uh, we look forward to, to seeing what happens tonight. But we feel confident in the race that we've run and uh, feel strongly in our ability to represent the Republican Party going into the fall against Andy Bashir. Did everything go smoothly when you went to vote? I did see that tweet just come across. You walk in, uh, where was it, Wilder Elementary? Everything goes smoothly there? Everything went smoothly, and uh, I think Theodore may have thought the cameras were there for him. So it was, uh, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was a good morning. And again, was glad to, to have Mackenzie there with me and our son Theodore. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun, and yes, went smoothly. Daniel, there were some tweets this past week, and 
saying that the Democrats want you. They want you to win the Kentucky primary to face Andy Bashir. They think that you may be easier to beat. Why are they incorrect? Well, they're incorrect because I've been demonstrating over these last three years what it looks like to be someone who represents and reflects the values of the men, women, and children of all 120 counties. Uh, and I believe that, you know, they're trying to, to change the vote outcome today because they don't want to face me in November. Uh, you know, the easiest thing to do is to, to say who you want to face and who you don't want to face. And I honestly believe um, that they don't want to see me in the fall. I mean, if you look at what the polls said in terms of who is closest to Bashir right now, it's me. And I firmly believe that we are in the best position to unify this party. And I'm the only candidate that has been able to say that I've got folks from all across the Republican ideological spectrum uh, that have endorsed this campaign, that are fighting uh, fervently for this campaign and are getting to the polls today uh, to vote for this campaign because they firmly believe that we are in a position to beat Andy Bashir come November. Primaries are always interesting to me, and we're talking with Daniel Cameron here. He wants to be your next governor of Kentucky, currently the attorney general of Kentucky. Primaries are always interesting to me because sometimes they can get negative, even within the same party. Sometimes people take the high road with that sort of stuff. But then the day after the election, everybody should be back on the same page if you're a Republican, right? You'll know who the who won the primary, and then everybody's got to support that person if they want to defeat the Democratic governor, which is Andy Bashir, correct? Absolutely. And I've already said uh, on the record numerous times, I will support the Republican nominee for governor, whether it's me or someone else, uh, because our ultimate goal has to uh, be to retire Andy Bashir from the governor's office. Look, this governor, since he took office, there are 27,000 fewer jobs here in Kentucky. He shut down a lot of small businesses. He shut down churches. Uh, we shut down our schools for nearly two years, and we have a learning loss from our kids because of it, uh, and he has not stood up to the Biden administration. You think about when uh, the Department of Justice labeled parents and grandparents domestic terrorists because they cared about that learning loss or some of the curriculum that was being taught in our schools, our governor said absolutely nothing. You think about fentanyl coming across the southern border and making its way into Kentucky and hurting our families, but Andy Bashir has refused to say anything about the failures of the Biden administration when it comes to their the, to the southern border. Again, we need a governor who's going to reflect the values of the men, women, and children of all 120 counties. I, I hope that I am that nominee uh, that can carry that message and articulate it uh, going into the fall against Andy Bashir. But if not, um, you know, I will support the Republican nominee for governor. Daniel, you mentioned some of the uh, kind of jobs, some of the things you want to do as governor. There are also some fun uh, formalities that you have a part of the job, uh, like uh, at, at the ham breakfast or maybe passing out the Governor's Cup trophy. If you become governor, have you thought about what it will be like to hand that pristine Governor's Cup trophy over to Mark Stoops? <laughs> well, look, it, I will, I will, I'm a fan of the Commonwealth. You know, obviously I played a little football at UofL. Uh, play, being a very, play being a very generous term. Uh, but uh, I will uh, be honored to, to be able to, to hand that trophy to whomever wins. And uh, let me say this as well. Um, you know, I'm excited about the potential for my wife to be the first lady of Kentucky. And she has been 
a blessing to me and folks that she's been able to travel across Kentucky with me. She just finished up our tour yesterday with me. I'm excited for folks to get to know her. Uh, she uh, was a school teacher for uh, nearly seven years in the Oldham County school system and has got a heart of gold and is at home taking care of our, our, our 16 month old Theodore uh, full time uh, now, but she is a absolute gem and I can't wait for people to be able to meet her and uh, hear her story and her vision for Kentucky as well. It's a family affair when you're running for public office. Daniel Cameron, running for governor. Make sure you get out and whoever you vote for, just get out there and let your voice be heard. They're thinking that that's going to be a smaller turnout than previous years. Daniel, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck today. Uh, and win or lose, we'd love to hear from you in the future. I think you've done a, a good job as the attorney general. And if governorship is in your future, I, I look forward to seeing how you handle that as well. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, gentlemen. God bless you. Daniel Cameron, running for governor of Kentucky, really a busy day for him. I literally did see about 10 minutes ago uh, the tweets of him going in to, to vote. And then right after he voted, it sounded like maybe he was in a car or somewhere with his kid and, and called us. So uh, thank you for taking the time to do that. We do appreciate it. And we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. We'll be able to probably have a pretty good idea, if not know. If, well, we'll know tonight. Unless it's just razor thin and you got to do a recap, I, I, which I doubt make. will happen. Uh, I did see uh, Ron DeSantis gave Kelly Craft an endorsement. Quietly. Oh yeah, I did not That's see not, that. Yeah, that was kind of a quiet endorsement the night before the election. And uh, I think the uh, the other guy running for Republican primary for president, Victor Vic, I forget his, I cannot pronounce his name either. Uh, he uh, he Vivek. had Vivek. Yeah, he did. Uh, I think what is probably happening there is Kraft is like, Hey, I'm donating big money to your all's campaigns. All of them. I, I'm a Republican. I'll donate to all of them. Just say nice stuff about me. It, it's the, it's the 11th hour. Say nice stuff about me and they're doing it, but will it, will it do enough? Will to, it matter? Yeah. Will it matter? We'll see. It's, I think it's going to be a fascinating race. Cause I've talked to right leaning friends and they've, some of them have said, Oh, I, I love Ryan Quarles. He, he's the guy. I've got a few buddies that are like, yeah, after Alan Keck's interview with you all on the backside, he's, he's going to get my vote. And then it seems like my dad and all his friends, they are as excited about Daniel Cameron as I've ever seen them with a politician. I personally don't know too many people that are excited about Kelly Craft. However, with all her spending, she's going she's gonna to get votes, obviously. Yep. So it, I'm going to be interested to see how it all shakes out tonight. But I do appreciate the people that took the time to come on Kentucky Roll Call and talk with us. I mean, how, how about us getting two governor candidates on our show? Yeah. Well, look, at, look, at, look at us. Yeah. Yeah. And Ooh, if all of those two can win the primary, maybe we get them back on. And I would love to have Andy Bashir on also in the fall to be able really, to chat with him. If, Gosh, it would be very amusing to me to watch a former UFL football player hand the Governor's Cup trophy to – the Wildcats. Right? Don't you? I think that that would be fun. And you know, he gave the right politician answer. There. Oh, yeah, yeah. You but know I, that would bug him if he has to do oh, that. Oh, yeah. I, I was but. hoping he'd go on a little ditty because he was there when Jeff was coaching. So, uh, you know, I thought he would have had some. He you probably know. didn't know that you were, that's your uncle. Yeah. Well, yeah. next time. Next time. Next time we get him back on the show. Absolutely. All right. Well, we are out of time. I do appreciate him taking the time call. And I was worried that it was going to. Because if we were like, yeah, he, he said he was going to, and we weren't able to get him on. But we know he's busy. Better late than never. And get out there and vote, everybody, uh, if you're registered. And go out there and, and let your voice be heard.
This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. We'll get to those texts tomorrow. We've got trivia coming on Thursday. we got a lot of fun stuff planned the rest of the week. KRC on the Big X with TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and most importantly, Justin Kalen. We'll see you on Wednesday. I know you're fed up, ladies, but keep your head up.